Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. So, Dim, I'm trying not to drool onto the microphone. I just got a crown and a filling on the same side, thankfully. So I got there. Merry Christmas to you. I have to say, it actually is my Christmas present because it's so expensive, thankfully. I I was not being fun. I mean, that's the truth. I know. Here, isn't it pretty? Look, look, isn't it lovely? So (laughs) you get a bow back there? Right. You get a tie around the tooth? A little floss bow. You can do a floss bow. There you go. Now you're thinking. Um, So, yeah, so I got there and... I admit when I kind of scheduled my day, I had forgotten about the two of them. So I get there and I'm like, uh, it was, I guess, two and a half. I got there two and a half hours before we started recording this. And I'm like, okay, at 11, I want to be recording a podcast. So I have to be able to speak. And so they actually use a um, different um, numbing agent. Like, uh, I guess there's something that they can, that is usually added to the numbing agent that makes it... um, last longer and kind of stay more localized and so they're like okay we'll use the one that won't you know that won't uh last as long and that it'll kind of make it'll make more of my face numb but um it it has worn off a little bit more quickly than might have otherwise so anyway so um pardon me if i slur a little bit sound like i have chew in my mouth maybe if i was (laughs) drinking this morning you know something it is not i there's hitting the bottle, yeah. 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mom, you, mommy's little helper. Yeah. Have you seen those pictures in kids' dentist office that they use to show them um, to scare them off of not chewing their the inside of their lips when they have Novocaine? No. Or the inside of their cheeks. I mean, because you can't feel it, right? Right. And so some kids just go to town on it, and like, <laughs> you know, seriously, like hamburger. I mean, it is gross. It is gross. I mean, I've only that was the one. It was in our dentist in Colorado Springs. It's the only time I've ever seen it, but uh-huh. it lives in my mind, man. It lives in my mind. <laughs> Scared straight, Dimity. Now no yeah, longer I'm never chew again. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny because at one point I thought I might have bit the inside of my lip, and I was like, "Oh, did I do that for real?" And I don't think I did, but um, definitely my tongue feels too big for my mouth. And yes. so. the worst is, I remember I got one um, when I was working in New York, and I got it just a cavity filled, but like a lot of Novocaine. I came back and I was eating yogurt at my desk. <laughs> I was like dribbling down my cheek because <laughs> he didn't. I didn't even know that it left my mouth. You know, like you looked right. like a, a baby. You know, getting exactly. spoon I looked fed. Like somebody that I needed to be, yeah, exactly, in a, in a hospice organization or something. Nice, and you had no privacy because you were probably the editorial oh, assistant. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, everyone's walking by, seeing me drool, drool like PTO play or something like that. Nice. Yes, nice. it's funny. I was supposed to get a cavity filled this morning. I have like a little baby baby one uh-huh. where again like you take that like you know I, we we um are we don't have dentist ins- dental insurance and oh, so mm-hmm. so it's like is it worth it but it's like yeah it's probably worth it because if it gets bigger you know but yeah. then um I, so I was going to get it filled but then I had a PT appointment a physical therapy appointment at the same time oh. and so I definitely went for the for the running over the teeth. <laughs> oh, see, I have I have PT this afternoon at four, so my day is bookended. And it, and if I look at my schedule, I'm like, oh my gosh, I really like jammed in a lot of things to get in on the calendar year because you know I'm have my uh, my annual exam uh, for lady parts on Monday, and I had wow. a I had a mammogram I guess about two weeks ago, and so I just kind of went on a rampage to schedule all this stuff and. Um, yeah. And so, but I gotta say, man, we, um, you know, you and I are both self-insured and, uh, you know, our, cause our husbands don't have, um, uh, traditional jobs either. And so, oh my goodness, t- we do have dental insurance, but oh, when we didn't, 
oh my gosh, like, it's like, oh, I don't need my teeth cleaned again. I already got it done two years ago. <laughs> you know, I go on, a, I, I talk to Grant about it a lot because I've never really not had it. But really, when you add up the cost of cleanings, uh-huh. you know, for the four of us twice a year and the cost of dental insurance, mm-hmm. it's pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, it really is, at least in Colorado. Yeah. And and then, you know, I mean, braces are never covered. And, you know, that kind of work that you had done is rarely covered. And Oh, no, so, a lot of a lot of it did, because when they told me, they had always been like, oh, well, you know, you're going to need that crown replaced eventually. It's not imperative right now. And I'm like, OK, let's keep kicking that can down the road. And, yeah. and so finally, I was like, hey, can you talk to my insurance to see how much is covered? And a surprising amount was covered. And I was like, oh, OK, because when I lived in San Francisco and was self-insured, I had to pay for the thing by myself and it was when I was divorced. And honestly, you talk about putting a bow on it. I would go to my friends. And I'm like, look at my new crown. Isn't it pretty? Like, yeah, <laughs> because, yeah. Because, I mean, if I had spent that much on like a leather jacket or, I don't know, a really awesome necklace, it, you know, I would have gotten a lot of compliments on it. There's <laughs> <laughs> my leather jacket. Yeah. Times whatever. Yeah. Right. Here's yeah. my here's my new car, practically. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but so the- are you ready for the the holidays in the in mm. in your household? Mm. Well, um, uh, so John and Daphne still believe in Santa Claus. I hope. Um, if your kids are listening, maybe now is the time to turn this off. Um. Um, because, uh, so, but, you know, they're a little, um, skeptical in part because did I ever tell you that Daphne, I think I might've told you this, that Daphne learned that there's no tooth fairy because I Instagrammed a picture of, of me. Did I tell you that story? Oh no. That, um, so, you know, don't make, um, Instagram decisions at five thirty in the morning. I realized that, uh, we had to, you know, do the little transfer. And so I go in there and I, um, you know, put the, we give dollar coins for kids teeth and so I'm swapping it out and so I took a picture of the tooth in my hand and was like you know you know you're a mother runner when dot 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 you know you have to play tooth fairy before you go out on your morning run forgetting that Daphne loves our Instagram feed <laughs> and so, oh. so I get home and, you know she gets home from school and she's like mom you shouldn't have done that I'm like what 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 did I do and she's like I saw it I'm like, I'm still clueless. So then I'm like, no. Oh. So it, it, you know, kind of planted this, the seed of doubt about Santa. And, um, oh, so I guess I wrote this on the, on the blog post today that John has, has thrown down the gauntlet saying that he wants an Ariana Grande fathead, but they don't, but fathead, the company does not make Ariana Grande. So he said that, um, he's going to, he asked Santa for it. And if he gets it, he'll know that Santa Claus exists because he had the elves make it. Whereas if he doesn't get it, then he knows that Santa doesn't exist. Hey, Sarah, I've got an update for you. Yes. I think you're being played. I think your 11-year-old children no, 10, know, 10. Oh, 10, yeah. 10 know that Santa doesn't exist. Oh, no, you Especially should see Especially because they have Phoebe to... Oh, no, Phoebe's sworn to see... You should see the looks on their faces when they talk about Santa. Oh, I mean, they gave me their list. Oh, did you send them to Santa today? And so they were still on my desk. And I said, oh, yeah, I scanned them. There's an email address that you can send them to. (laughs) So I'm going to try to casually suggest to him that, you know, he also loves 
um, the Hunger Games series, as I've talked about. And so they do make Katniss Everdeen um, fatheads, which I, I'm not I'm not a fan of fatheads, but if we have to have one. What? I, so again, like fatheads, what is that? It's is, an, that a, it's, is that a big bobblehead? No, it's an enormous um, uh, wall vinyl sticker. Um, that is specifically made for being put on a painted wall. So it's not, you know, you're not cursing your kid's name once they put it on the wall. And um, so, I mean, a lot of the ones I've seen are typically, you know, let's say you love LeBron James or Mia Hamm or, you know, something like that. You can get huge. I think they started out as huge sports figures. And now you can get, you know, Elsa or... um, I don't know, butterflies and things like that. So, um, so, so Ariana Grande has not made it yet to the fathead world. Oh, shoot. Um, and, but, but I have, I've been finding some good things, um, online. I found a really cute Ariana Grande shirt, t-shirt for him on a kind of interesting website, but, but so, um, enough about Ariana Grande. How, how are, how is the holiday (laughs) preparations going for you in Denver? Um, I'm fine. Fine. I Fine. mean, it's, it's, um, nothing, we don't, I don't have like a fat head story. Um, Ben, um, it's probably, I don't, I don't even like, no, there's nothing exciting. It's just junk. It's my, like I said, for my house, if I, if I find my way, I would live in a tiny house. No uh-huh. more stuff, no more stuff, no more stuff, no more stuff. But the good news is that Amelia, um, is getting, uh, and she knows this already, but, um, she's getting a trip to Washington, D.C. that her school goes on. So, oh, nice. That's a nice experience. I yeah. like to give experiences, but um, you know, close. You know, can whatever. I share? Can Stuff. I share an experience story that um just started shaping up yesterday? That, sure. That um, so Phoebe, you know, who went to an arts focus elementary school, goes to arts focus middle school. She's trying out for the spring musical next week, and um, it's uh, and so she is, you know, a, a theatrical kid, and so she adores adores the soundtrack to Hamilton. You know, which is all the rage on Broadway right now. It's uh, you know a play about Alexander Hamilton and the founding fathers, and it's um, and so I was I don't know I didn't give it a whole lot of thought, and then I started listening to it. The music is amazing, amazing. Um, so uh, anyway, so then and it's supposedly like completely sold out on Broadway, or if you can get tickets, they're three four hundred dollars, and so. Um, but then Jack was reading in the New York Times yesterday that it's going to open in Chicago uh, in the fall. And then in, then I kind of followed some links online, saw that it's probably going to be in San Francisco. So I have decided that I will take Phoebe to see Hamilton um, either in Chicago or San Francisco. And, um, oh, fun. Yeah, so because her birthday, she turns 14 in early January. So I'm going to bill it as kind of a Christmas birthday thing and um, I'm gonna have somebody make up a little gift certificate you know so that I don't just say hey I'm gonna take you but it'll actually like look like something and I got this really awesome Hamilton t-shirt and so I'm I'm um, actually really excited because I as I think I've written on the website I I consider myself a fairly terrible present giver I'm gonna say that's a great gift oh good oh good she'll love it I mean she'll remember it that's a great and it's a surprise she has no idea right right because I have told her you know I'm like because you know I mean my parents live outside New York City so Broadway is within reach when we go see my parents but I was like oh Phoebe supposedly you can't even get tickets till next fall and um 
And I mean, I did, I clicked on a couple of links yesterday and found that the, you can get, you know, scalper tickets basically. And, and, uh, but I'm like, oh yeah, that's a lot of money for not very good seats. Um, sure. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, speaking of the holidays, we, our guest today is going to be Janet Helm, who is a registered dietitian who uh, blogs on nutritionunplugged.com. She's also the co-founder of nutritionblognetwork.com and healthyaperture.com, which is kind of like a food-based Pinterest, but it's moderated by registered dietitians and it solely focuses on healthy food blogs. I was pretty intrigued and was diving down all sorts of links on that when I was um, checking out Janet's stuff. Janet is also the author of The Food Lover's Healthy Habits Cookbook, Great Food and Expert Advice That Will Change Your Life. Janet lives in Chicago, and she is the mother of preteen twins. But before we bring Janet on, we are going to hear from a sponsor. Welcome, Janet. So nice to have you on the Another Mother Runner podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Awesome. So we're going to jump right into it and like put you on, you know, right in front of the firing squad to start off with, what do you do to stay fit? Well, it is a challenge. And, um, you know, I, I do like to run. Um, I like to run outside more than um, on a treadmill. And, and now in Chicago, it's getting colder and it's more of a, a challenge. Um, but I do enjoy that. And I've been lately going to SoulCycle. And well, that has been a, a real fun experience. It's something I'm, I'm doing with my daughter now that she's turned 12 and is able to go. And I find that fun and motivating. And there's just such a sense of community, I think, with this soul cycle uh, phenomenon that's going on. So, so that's been a, a new favorite of mine. That's so cool. So tell us what um, soul cycle is, just in case people don't know. Well, SoulCycle is a is a fast growing chain. It's not in in all cities yet. So, um, but it is cycling. It's indoor cycling. But the soul part of it is that it's it's inspirational. It's set to music. It's in candlelight, and the instructors are extremely motivating and encouraging. And it's very very fun. So I love it. Um, and I, you know, I'm going once or twice a week to that, uh, kind of in addition to, um, some other activities, but that's been my new favorite. I mean, I think it's the part of the whole trend of these kind of boutique, um, fitness, um, places popping up. Um, and this, you know, it's just, uh, one of the, the, the popular ones. So there's also uh, another one, um, actually started by, um, SoulCycle was started by two women, and and another chain that's actually here in Chicago is called Shred Four One Five, and that's another boutique fitness chain, and that is fantastic as well. That is challenging. It's a combination of weight training and cardio. So you're you're doing set to music, which helps me. Everything's set to music, uh, helps me a lot. So you're on a treadmill. Um, for 15 minutes, and then you switch to to weights and doing all sorts of um, exercise with with weights, um, all set to music and with a very fun instructor. So, uh, Shred 415 is another favorite. I have to ask that I'm amazed that a 12 year old goes goes to the Soul Cycle. So, is that something she found and brought you to, or did you find it? And then, if so, how did you talk her into going with you? Well, she wanted to go to it. There's that something about Soul Cycle that's just kind of um, in pop culture right now, um, and so 
she's seen me go. You have to be tw- at least 12 and, and have to be a certain height to, to go. And she um, saw me go with, with some of my friends. And, you know, we went on her birthday, actually, to it. And so she um, she loves it. And now that is a, every Sunday, at least, we count on that being a mother-daughter um a tradition that we have now and, and we go together and it's it's fun for her I mean when it's set to music and it's loud and you're kind of in the dark and you're with all these people you're working together it's kind of a, a more of a dance style on on a bike um, you know you do it to the tune of the music the beat of the music and uh, there's also um, weights yet yeah, one part of it you're, you're doing some hand weights so you're doing some upper body on the, on the bike as well so it is fun I must say that's my favorite and there's a lot of um, young people who are are doing it as well that's really cool and so your other twin is a she has a twin brother does she yes yes boy and girl twins uh-huh, that's that's what I have mine are 10 so. Oh, excellent. I love the boy-girl combination. Yeah. And uh, you know, they're and I hope that they're, you know, they're they remain close. Right now they they are and I I love to see that. Oh, nice. Nice. So so Janet, you do a great job of blasting away nutrition myths. So what is one or two pieces of misinformation making their way around social media or word of mouth that you'd like to dispel? Yes, you know, that's, I feel like it's part of my mission at, at Nutrition Unplugged is to really try to, you know, cut through some of this um, online conversation that, that is a lot of misinformation. And so I, I think mostly what, what disturbs me is, is the new kind of trend of, of thinking about it's what you delete, not what you eat, you know, and, and it's all about these foods that have bad reputations that people feel that they need to eliminate and that's going to be the secret to to losing weight or feeling better or or having more energy so it's true that there may some people have allergies um or intolerances it goes beyond that is what some of the current um advice that's going out there from not the registered dietitians that you know colleagues of mine it's from these kind of pop culture nutritionists who who have a blog who have a large following on Instagram they don't really have any um, nutrition credentials yet they're promoting a lifestyle that is eliminating a lot of foods and, and demonizing a lot of foods of whether that be gluten or dairy and and feel that that's the secret you need to eliminate these foods and that's why you're having trouble losing weight, which I, I don't believe at, at all. And that's not what the science says. Um, you know, paleo is a very popular diet as well right now. A lot of, of people that are very firm believers. And there's a lot of good things about a paleo diet. Um, it, but I don't think you have to name what kind of diet you're on. I mean, there are a lot of things that paleo eliminates that I don't think they need to. I, I think most people would benefit if they cut down on on refined sugary grains. Absolutely. Um but you don't need to follow a paleo diet to do that. And I think we all need more fruits and vegetables. And I think that's a good thing about paleo is, is kind of cutting out the junk and, and eating more fruits and vegetables. But I don't think it has to be a free-for-all on, on meat. Meat absolutely belongs in a healthy diet and, and can fit. But I, I think paleo just takes it a little too far and is eliminating a lot of healthy foods that I don't think you need to. 
So, um, so I last night I went to a uh, a nutrition seminar at this running club that I'm working with, and um, and this one the dietitian talked about uh, eating this in this order, okay? And tell us, tell me what you think. And she's probably never going to listen to this, so if you want to shoot it down, you can do that. <laughs> um, okay, but it was um, two fistfuls of vegetables. Eat that first. Um, and then a palm of protein, eat that second, and then another fistful of like a healthy starch, like, um, you know, brown rice or quinoa or something like that. And so that way you kind of have a more, more or less a balanced plate. And then you're kind of eating in the order, you know, you want to always eat your vegetables, you know, first. So that way that kind of fills you up and then your protein. And then finally you go for the, the carbs. What do you, what do you think of that? Well, you know, I, I think that, like, why make it more complicated? I, I think that the nugget of good information in, in there is is to start with something that is healthy that might fill you up. So you can kind of slow down um, when you're eating. And so you're – because it takes a while for your kind of um, – you know, to really feel full, you know, so you, so that is why it's easy to overeat because you're, you're not recognizing that, you know, you, you've really uh, satisfied your hunger. Um, so I don't know of any research that demonstrates the benefit of that because, I, it, but I do like the idea and there is research of um, satiety, which is the feeling of fullness. If you start your meal with a broth based soup, you know, not a creamy, you know, cheesy soup, but more broth-based soup or a salad that you tend to eat fewer calories at that meal. So there is research that demonstrates that, which is very positive. So in that sense that, yeah, starting with your vegetables is probably, you know, a good idea. If, if it, But soup is going to be more satiating, um, than, than necessarily vegetables uh, on their own. Um, but, you know, like why complicate things? You know, that is a balanced plate, absolutely. Um, but, you know, I, some people, if it's going to cut down on the enjoyment of the meal that you have to like think about eating it in a chronological order. Yeah, no, it wasn't necessarily that, but it was more the idea of it. Like, you yeah. know, it wasn't like you, oh, you can't eat a Brussels sprout and then have a bite of whatever yeah, or right. chicken, you know, but it was more the, I liked I mean, the, the way that she said it too, with the like your fists and your palms, they obviously mm-hmm. are um, related to your size. Like I, I'm six three, I have big hands, right? So mm-hmm. like I get to eat a little bit more. Where you know a toddler, that's a small fist, a small mm-hmm. palm. You know, I liked that. I've never heard that before. So oh, absolutely. No, that's very common. I, I, there's a lot of. Um, you know, looking at your hand to give you guidance on uh, portion control. So, you know, like a serving of meat is about the size of the palm of your hand. And so I, I do like that, absolutely. And and the concept of eating something that is not very high in calories um, to start off, whether that be a salad or vegetables or soup, is a good strategy to try to cut down on um, the number of calories in that meal because you'll get fuller faster, you know. So, so that part is good. So, you know, that's I, I can buy it. I can kind of see. We'll give it. We'll give it a B. A B. <laughs> right. Minus. Okay. All right. So, when I think about you know going to a Japanese restaurant where you get the miso soup to start with, and so that mm-hmm. that to me, when you said bro- a broth like soup, I'm like, yeah. oh miso soup that you know it's warm it has flavor Uh yes and and that there is research barbara rolls is um who's the author of a uh, book called volumetrics that Mm -hmm. talks about the you know the high volume food with few calories um 
really help fill you up. And I think we need to, you can't overlook the value of satiety because I think if you're trying to manage your weight, um, you're, you're trying to kind of stay on a healthy eating routine, you got to think about satiety. What's going to um, fill you up? What's going to keep you fuller longer? Um, so certainly with a meal, broth-based soup or salad to start is a good strategy. I, uh, breakfast is an important meal to think about satiety. And there is a lot of research showing that if you kind of bump up the protein of your breakfast and, you know, people tend to have a very carb heavy breakfast, you know, you get a bagel, you get some cereal, you know, you have, you know, some kind of grainy um, thing and you don't always have protein with it. And if you have more protein at your breakfast, then research does show that you're less likely to snack mid-morning and even eat fewer, you may eat fewer calories at the end of the day. So there is benefit of uh, satiety at breakfast. Yeah, that's. I oftentimes try to uh, get an egg or two in my kids before they go to school because I just think, oh, they're going to get so hungry even by snack time or definitely be ravenous by lunchtime. And so I'm like, oh, I have hard-boiled eggs. Oh, here, if I peel it, will you eat it? You know. <laughs> exactly. No, I think it's really important for kids to have some type of a protein in the morning of whether that's eggs or whether that's peanut butter, nut butter on, on a piece of whole grain toast or, or even, you know, the milk that you add to the cereal is, is adding some protein to, to that meal. So I, I do think that's very important. So in one online article I saw that you wrote, um, you wrote guilt and deprivation are two of the most powerful emotional triggers for overeating. So during this high stress time of year, how can women avoid stepping on those two landmines? Mm, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, the holidays, it, it, you know, it is tough. There, there's a lot of food all around. There's a lot of celebrations and they should be about fun, enjoyment um, and, and not feeling that, you know, you're stressed over food. But I think of, you know, the people that, that do overeat, I think the idea of that, if, if you associate guilt with that, and you feel like I've okay, I've blown it. You know, that actually, that kind of thinking actually just triggers more overeating. So I think that you just, you know, if you have a holiday party, actually I'm going to a holiday party tonight. You know, so if you have celebrations and you have something where you know that you've really, you know, you've indulged, you know, I think just move on and and not have so much guilt associated with it or feeling that you you associate certain foods as being bad or I've been bad, you know, because I ate such and such today. Um, you know, let's get rid of the morality when we're talking about food. And I think when you feel bad that you've eaten something bad, then you're bad, then that just is a negative cycle. And so I think, you know, not associating guilt or any type of morality related to to food, to your own eating habits, you know, I, I think just abandon that. And the idea of deprivation, I mean, if you're if you're cutting out so many foods or or you are starving most of the day and truly depriving yourself, I mean, that just sets up for overeating too. You know, that you're, you know, at the end of the day, you're just like 
eating everything in sight. So I think just giving yourself permission, you know, to to have healthy meals and to eat certain foods that you might think are off limits, but you're you're enjoying just a smaller portion of it. Um, I think is a much better route to go. So this, I probably know the answer to this, but um, I'm going to ask anyway. So when you go to your holiday party, do you go in with a strategy, Janet, or do you just um, enjoy what's there? So I think with our holiday party, I'm going to enjoy what's there. I, you know, I always like to just check out, like, if it's a big buffet line, if there are appetizers being passed or what's there. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll kind of pick and choose and know what I want to enjoy the most. But, you know, I space it out and, you know, have, you know, when it comes to, like, alcohol, you know, to, to make sure that you're, you're drinking some water that, you know, part of that time as well, that you have a glass of water in your hand and, and not always a, a cocktail or, or a glass of wine that keeps getting refilled. And, you know, so just spacing it out, alternating and having some, some water and then just kind of strategizing what, you know, what do I want to choose of all of this great food tonight? You know, what is it that, that I feel like that, and, and just enjoy it and not, um, you know, add, add that added stress when this is all about celebration and, you know, being with, with friends and colleagues. And, and, um, I think it's just about enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's sad, but, but many women seem to be experts at the art of self-sabotage. So for women who are trying to lose weight or control weight gain, what are some things they should never say to themselves? Well, I think that, you know, the idea that, you know, I was bad or I blew it or, you know, those kind of negative, you know, words that I think have no place, you know, because I think you should just um, enjoy the food. And then if you do feel like you've blown it, which I don't even like to use that word, if you do feel like um, you've, you've overindulged, of, of, of think about what's, what's your strategy for the next day and, and not, you know, beating yourself up about, you know, you know, what you've eaten or you haven't exercised enough or whatever you feel like you didn't accomplish what you wanted to. I think just not being so hard on ourselves. That is... at the end, you know, I I think a problem for for so many of us, you know, is just don't be so hard on yourself. And I think you have to approach, you know, all of these healthy behaviors as a, with the idea of self-efficacy. I mean, if you believe, which is the, which is the concept, if you believe that you can do something, if you're confident in your ability to change, you're more likely to do it. You know, so that's why the idea of of negative thoughts and, you know, I can't eat that or I ate that so I was bad today. Any kind of those negative thoughts, I think you need to turn it around and think about being feeling empowered, being positive about it. uh, And you're much more likely to to make it happen. I think about it a lot like um like a training plan, right? Like if you're training for a half marathon, say, and you have, it's a 15 week plan and, you know, you nail the workouts, you know, say five, you know, five days a week, you're getting them done maybe, or four days a week. And then you have maybe one slip day, um, you know, out of 15 weeks, like that's 15 days out of, you know, 85 days. Like that's not, you know, it's not reason to pull your number and not go, right? Absolutely. I, I sometimes think that there's this like fatalistic thing around food or everyone's like, oh, Thanksgiving. I'm like, 
okay, but, and I get that you need to, you know, there's lots of leftovers after Thanksgiving, but it's one day, you know, and Mm -hmm. one day doesn't define your eating habits or your, you know, your body size or whatever, you know? Absolutely. That is so true. And I think, you know, and if you recognize that you're much, and and the idea of perfection, we need to get, get rid of the idea of perfection because you feel like if you you did go off and you did have Thanksgiving and think all right I have totally blown it okay the whole month of November is ruined (laughs) you know so you know I think if you have that kind of fatalistic thoughts then then you know you're not going to get back on track you're you're going to have more like okay I might as well just you know do all of this and and I'll think about it in December you know, no, 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 now the holidays are here. No, 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 it's going to be, it's going to be January. You know, so you're just never, you're putting it off because you feel like you've blown something and you have. You always got to start diet on Monday, right? And <laughs> not even the word diet. But so I have a question for you about, um, about that. And so how do you, when you do feel like you're kind of, the wheels are coming off the rails a little bit, like how do you get back on track? I mean, I think, you know, when I think about it, I think about, you know, making sure that I stock the fridge well, making sure that I have time to prepare food, um, making sure that, um, you know, like if it is stuff that requires a lot of preparation that I have my husband help me because I hate, you know, chopping for half an hour. Um, I mean, is, are there other things or do you agree with those things? I mean, how do you get back on, how do you get your kind of your path righted? Yeah, no, I totally agree with all of those things. I mean, it's all about having a plan. You know, it just, you know, when you don't, when you don't have anything in your fridge, when you don't, you know, really have any kind of plan about what those meals are going to be, that's where, you know, you continue into poor habits. So it is about, you know, there, and there's lots of resources for meal planning. I mean, I don't do a strict kind of write it down on a calendar meal plan, but I have in my head kind of what are the meals I'm going to make for a week you know, and, and have the refrigerator stocked for that, you know, have, what are the healthy snacks I'm going to bring with me to work, you know, that I'm going to have, um, and, and then what, what are those meals going to be, you know, when are we going to eat out, when are we eating in, you know, what am I doing for lunch, I mean, I, um, I keep thinking I'm going to be bringing my lunch more, which I, I think is a wonderful healthy habit, uh, but, that's not been working for me uh, to bring my lunch. So I, um, but I have some great options for, for healthy lunches uh, near me. But I do think it's that what's in the fridge and what's in your pantry and, and what can you pull out and make, you know, healthy meals or, or have snacks so you're not starving when you walk in the door and you just devour a whole sleeve of, of cookies. Um, you know, so what is it that you have that, and, and what can you prepare in advance? I, you know, the, the chopping and all of that, you know, is, is important, but it's, it's when you don't have a plan that those regretted, um, moments happen where, you know, you, you're eating something that you really, you didn't intend to. Sure. So um, to quote you back at yourself again, um, you wrote uh, that taste and health can happily coexist. And I really like that idea. Um, Any suggestions for making that statement come true, like simple tricks in the kitchen? 
Well, I, I am a big fan of flavor. So I think that people have this idea like, oh, it's healthy. You know, it's not going to taste good. And I think that's, you know, I think it's beginning to change. People realize that that's not true. But, you know, I think in olden times, you know, I'm so glad we're over that kind of the low fat era. Uh, now it's all about <laughs> healthy fats. You know, you don't have to have low fat because I think the problem with that is people had cut out the fat, but then they ate more, you know, refined starches and, and sugar because uh, it had to be replaced by something. And so, you know, now it's about healthy fats. So I use a lot of herbs and spices when I cook. It makes everything taste better. You don't have to use a ton of salt, although I use salt at the table rather than cooking a nice kind of sprinkle of, of sea salt. Um on top so you you know kind of get a hit of, of salt and not use a lot in, in cooking um, and then I'm a big fan of the trio of fresh lemon juice garlic and olive oil and I put that on everything I mean I roast broccoli in the oven I, I sprinkle sprinkle it with that you know it's the salad dressing you know on a nice arugula salad or spring mix salad I use that combination um, and it's it's a great um, trio and I just think a little like what are your your flavor ads that you can um, use that you can make vegetables taste great um, it might be you know a, a sauce for meat I, I like a lot of heat so I, I cook with a lot of um, chili sauce and chili peppers and um, like I'm a huge fan of sriracha um, that I put on everything from scrambled eggs in the morning to to you know so many things so I like a lot of flavor and I think you know simple foods with good ingredients that you're just adding great flavor to is is um you know is how healthy food can taste good yeah I've been making this week uh I've made it twice and I and I stocked up to make it one more time this week this um really wonderful roasted cauliflower salad that has hazelnuts and pomegranate seeds and flat parsley and um, obviously the roasted cauliflower, but it, and then it only calls for a, in terms of seasoning, a, a generous quarter teaspoon of cinnamon and a generous quarter teaspoon of allspice. And I really, uh. I, don't, I don't use much allspice. I had to like, you know, go and buy it in the bulk section at Whole Foods. And I'm like, oh, allspice. This really lives up to its name. It has such complex, uh -huh. interesting flavors. And, um, Oh my goodness, it is. The whole family likes it. And so I um, I have all the like kind of add-on things and then I just keep running out of cauliflower. So I'm, I'm like the woman who's gone to like four different stores this week to buy heads of cauliflower. Oh, that <laughs> sounds like a fabulous dish. I it mean, is. something absolutely I would love. I, I make cauliflower a lot um, as well. I mean, cauliflower, maybe the new kale. Cauliflower mm. is, is really yes. <laughs> you heard it That's here so first. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I went out to dinner on Saturday night at this kind of it was kind of like a bistro, and their vegetarian dish was a cauliflower steak. Oh, and um, yes. it was really good. And it was funny. The waitress told the story about how they were like two guys in their twenties, and they both ordered the cauliflower steak, and the waitress was like, um. I didn't want to insult them and be like, did you read? Can you read that that's a vegetarian dish? And um, and so she brought them both out and they both kind of laughed. And But she came back and their plates were totally clean. And it was really good. It, my oh. fun got it. was really good. 
Nice. Well, I love cauliflower steak. It is is trending up in a big way. I've I've seen it served on a on a bed of kind of mashed cauliflower. You know, like you can make a substitute for mashed potatoes with cauliflower. Yeah. That's also delicious. Mm-hmm. So you have this cauliflower roasted cauliflower steak on a bed of a pureed cauliflower mm. is amazing. And you know, cauliflower is being turned into pizza crust. Oh, you know, you can pulse uh, cauliflower in a food processor and, and then um, you know add liquid to it and some spices and then you press it down into a pizza pan and so there there's all sorts of I mean just look on Pinterest for uh, cauliflower pizza crust and um, you, you and cauliflower rice oh. as well but it's it's a wonderful versatile vegetable that is being transformed into all of these really interesting items so you know from the the cauliflower steak to the to the mashed cauliflower to the pizza crust to the rice it's so interesting what's going on with cauliflower but i love it too it's it's one of my favorites and i i i make a dish there's a a wonderful restaurant here in chicago called girl and the goat (laughs) that is fantastic and um stephanie is the um chef and she makes a wonderful roasted cauliflower that has um, pine seeds and pine nuts um, and uh, kind of um, what else does it have it fresh mint and it Mm. has um, oh toasted breadcrumbs I mean it's such an interesting combination of flavors and um, it was just published in uh, Bon Appetit this month or last month and um, the recipe and, and I made it and it's delicious. Oh, that sounds so good. I adore pine nuts, too, and my kids really love pine nuts. So we put a lot of pine nuts in salad, particularly this time of year, when it seems like there's not quite as many interesting add-ons to a salad. Um, That's true. Yeah. I buy a big – well, my husband is Lebanese. Oh, And nice. so we make a lot of Lebanese food at home, and I buy the biggest bag of pine nuts you ever saw at Costco because, you know, they're expensive, those They're pine so nuts. expensive, so expensive. But sometimes I worry about the um, – if you can get – like bad pine nuts are really bad. Like they, they, they just kind of sometimes even kind of almost burn my lips a little bit. So mm. sometimes I worry about the, um, when I buy them in, in bulk, I, I, um, I go, I get mine at Trader Joe's. So I hope the price is, you know, slightly less than the whole foods or, you know, that type mm-hmm. of place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do keep them in the fridge oh, um, yeah. or the yeah. freezer, you know, mm-hmm. because they, they, they can turn rancid, but I love them too. I, mm-hmm. we, we use a lot of pine nuts. Yeah. If you buy a big bag of Costco, you definitely would have to put them in the freezer. That's a good trick to know. Cause otherwise you're yes. like, eat more kids, eat more. <laughs> They're going <Yeah>. to go bad. <laughs> I mean, I've, all the nuts, I think I, you know, uh, I can't go through them fast enough, but I, I love nuts and I, I put them a lot of different you know, cashews and, you know, almonds I, I use a lot of. I put on, um, you know, oatmeal and also salads and actually some rice dishes I, I make with, with almonds. But um, I usually store them in the in the refrigerator or freezer. Oh, yeah, definitely in the in the fridge. Yeah. And then I just have little st- – I don't have one exact spot. So then there's like stashes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's behind- the pine nuts are behind <laughs> the mustard, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> are there any other ingredients that you're kind of, you know, pine nuts and cauliflower? What's what's It's got to be – what's the third trendy thing that you, you have, Janet? Well, I um, 
you know, you mentioned mustard. I have a lot of mustards. I make a lot of things with mustard. Um, I use uh, for salad dressings for, you know, there's a mustard kind of chicken that I, I make. So I, I love mustards of all kinds. So I do a, a, a lot with that. Um, I think the other big thing trendy wise is going on that's nice is the spiralized vegetables, you know, or what's being called pasta imposters but these are <laughs> these are you know there there's several kind of little gadgets tools that you can buy to spiralize your vegetables whether that's zucchini makes wonderful noodles or even butternut squash um and they are delicious and that you so you spiralize these vegetables you can make noodle bowls or you can make um you know different kind of you know a nice you know, like turkey meatballs on, on a bed of, of the spiralized noodles from vegetables. Mm. Delicious. You know, and of course, spaghetti squash has its own built-in, you know, noodle when you, when you roast that. Um, and that's also become more popular, the spaghetti squash, um, and, and all sorts of interesting dishes using, using that as a, as a pasta uh, substitute. Yeah. Squashes seem to be enjoying their moment in the sun right now. I think so too. And yeah. I couldn't be happier. I, <laughs> I love all sorts of, of squash and, you know, I do a lot of roasting and I think roasting is, you know, there, there's a cookbook out called, um, Oh, what is it called? Sheet cake suppers or, um, mm. oh, but yeah. you know, but you know, just your, or sheet pan suppers, you know, mm-hmm. so just your whole, um, pan that you just put your whole meal in you know roast the vegetables you can roast you know chicken and just just all together one in one pot that you're you're roasting in the oven um but i do a lot of of roasting of whether it's you know broccoli i i end up i I do steam it too um but i love it roasted with with garlic Mm -hmm. and olive oil and some sprinkle of hot pepper um, and, and of course the cauliflower that we talked about, I, <laughs> I end up roasting, um, a lot of, but there's so many, um, vegetables that are, are better when you roast them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it seems like then the kids like them sometimes better too, because the, the sugar in them comes out a little bit, the natural Absolutely. sugars. Absolutely. Yeah. The natural sh- sugars is more caramelized and, and flavorful. And, but yeah, I, we do a lot of that and the squashes are just so perfect, uh, mm-hmm. for, for roasting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. Well, Janet, now that we're all drooling over here. Uh... Now I'm ready for a sheet pan supper. I'm, ready. I'm like, chicken, squash, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for talking with us and giving us such great tips, Janet. Oh, it was my pleasure. It was great to join you both. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, Dim. So what food are now you going to roast for dinner this evening? <laughs> so funny. I was just thinking about that. I have actually Costco size um, Brussels sprouts and butternut squash um, oh. up in my fridge. So I think I'm going to have it those. Nice. And, um, and I just usually just make quinoa and put it on a bed of lettuce with some blue cheese and sliced almonds and oh. or another kind of cheese, maybe Parmesan cheese or feta, whatever I have. And uh, that's like one of my favorite dinners. That's a little right. bit of vinaigrette over it it's great nice nice and and are, will your kids get close to any of those vegetables uh, uh, no 
Yeah, they'll have tortellini. Um, so that's fine. Yes. What about you? What are you going to have besides oh, your cauliflower salad? Cauliflower. I actually, um, this evening, uh, going back to Phoebe and her little her little um, artistic bent, she has a dance performance this evening. So she's bringing over two of her friends after school that are also in the dance performance. So I'm taking the three girls out to this um kind of a cross but it's it's a step up from a food cart but it's not quite a true restaurant um and it's called 24th and meatballs so i we really love it it's the and it's two blocks from our school so i'll treat them all to they have different different types of meatballs that you can get it on different things i don't think you can get it on spiralized vegetables but i should recommend <laughs> that to them on <laughs> a cauliflower steak right 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 so um so that is what so i'm not i, I get a free pass from not cooking for dinner tonight that'll be jack's concern for the twins <laughs> <laughs> um so all right well let's head on over to the challenge corner and it comes from Anne who lives in Ithaca New York and um, Dim you want to read that for us sure um, she's in the stride to the holidays challenge and she says the best thing about this challenge for me so far is that I barely recognize myself I just squeezed in a 30-minute run between work and picking up the kids something I always put off yay for stride to the holidays in motivation and on the ground Nice, nice. So in that, the Stride Through the Holidays wraps up this weekend. Yes, um, it does. Yeah, with um, a big celebration on Facebook. So um, tell us how that's going to work out, Tim. Oh, well, there's going to be a pile of miles that we are going to have just for the people in Stride Through the Holidays. And basically for every mile that um, people run, AMR is going to donate a dollar to um, Heart Strides, our nonprofit Mm-hmm. that um, gives shoes to moms who have kids with special needs or um, a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the best part, well, that's a, a very good part. And then the big bonus asterisk is that um, another, an anonymous donor has also stepped up and said that she will give 50 cents for every mile yeah. run. So um, Heart Strides is going to make some some big financial strides this weekend, which is just awesome. Yeah, it's it's uh, so generous of her. It's the mother of um, a mother runner in our tribe, and as I understand it, and so that she just kind of heard about it and, and was moved to do something. So um, it's lovely to see that type of giving, particularly at this time of year. So, um, and that sort of leads right into the song. Um, it's a uh, miracle by Mattis Yahoo. All right. And so now we're looking to hear from you all, you listeners, uh, because we're putting out a call for voice memos for our podcast that'll kick off the new year. We're recording it on December 30th and it'll air on January 1st. We want you badass mother runners to record a voice memo on your smartphone in which you either reflect back on a major accomplishment in 2015 or you cast forward and tell us about your 2016 goals and aspirations. Please record a voice memo in which you tell your first name, how many kids you have, and where you're calling from, and either your 2015 accomplishment or your 2016 goal. And we'll have a reminder of this in the uh, copy for the podcast so you can remember. You don't have to remember it all if you're out there at you know mile 10 or something right now. Um, please keep your entire voice memo to 90 seconds or less and email it to us at runmother at gmail.com. 
Again, that's runmother at gmail.com. And we want to have a slew of voice memos from a range of mother runners. So we implore you to take the time to record and send us one. We need them by Monday, December 21st. So thanks in advance. And um, as you're getting ready for the holidays, please remember to visit our online store, motherrunnerstore.com, for sassy lifestyle tees, stylish sweatshirts, our new badass Mother Runner tattoo tee and hat, another Mother Runner technical trucker hats, and other great gifts for women runners. Again, it's motherrunnerstore.com. And whether you're fueled by spiralized pasta or cauliflower steak or whatever it is, many happy miles to you. 